You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? You think you're so fucking cool. Well, just once, I would like to hear you scream in pain. Play some rap music. Seventy-nine. Whisper in your lover's ear. Text the Soundhawk. What's that number again, Soundhawk? I three, never remember. Three zero three five four eight six eight seven seven. And uh, recently, somebody did text the shit out of the Soundhawk. Mm, wait till so we stick around for that because uh, it was a video text, and we have the audio of that video for you. We might shortly, little, but first, a little video up on the gram. We should talk a little bit about the last Boy Scout, Mark. That, uh, that play some rap music. Because every episode... Not every episode, but... Wait, what about what were you going to say about every episode? say it begins with movies and ends with food, it seems like. Just lately. I've been, I've been on a real tear of just enjoying the shit out of good movies. We, I watched, when are you watching these movies? At night? Yeah. I, I watch, you, you stay up late. I don't stay up late. What, yeah, you're up late in your little no, basement. I'm going to bed at 10. That's new. You used to go to bed at like 2 in the morning. Whole new schedule, school year. Yeah, but last school year, I feel like you were up late, you know, slinging whatever it is you do down in the basement at night, but working, I mean, probably consulting, doing some, oh, you're probably on calls with food producers in Sweden, other parts of the world. That happens. Staying up late to be courteous to your clients. I get it. That's smart. Okay. Me, I'm watching some movies. In your room? In, In my bed. Yeah, in my room with my wife. She just kind of drifts off. Yes, and actually, uh, we could you have, watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, usually we could act, we could have a pretty successful. I don't know if it'd be a show, but a movie review system. Because basically, I'll stay awake. You know, I'll watch pretty much anything, mm-hmm. even if it's not that good. I can learn from it. I can find something interesting mm-hmm. or of value for the most part. If the movie is not up to Nicole's standards, she falls asleep within twenty minutes. So if she stays awake for a movie, that's a big deal. <laughs> she stayed awake for the nice guys. Written and directed by Shane Black, starring uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It's a couple of, uh, they're kind of forced together as gumshoes to solve this case. What? It's a great movie. It's fucking hilarious. All right. Chock full of action, chock full of laughs. Not Nicole's kind of movie. She doesn't really like action movies. Hmm. Stayed awake. Wow. Partially probably because she likes Ryan Gosling. Oh boy. I mean, who doesn't have a crush on that beefcake? But, but anyway, she stayed awake for it. Me. And so I was thinking about Shane Black. Like, he's a uh, very famous screenwriter. He wrote The First Lethal Weapon. So in a way, he, he, his writing kind of launched the whole buddy action cop resurgence. Hey, buddy! Buddy! 
No, but you know, like uh, there's tension between uh, Riggs and Murtaugh in Lethal Weapon, but it's playful tension, right? They're at odds, but there's an underlying respect. There's a mutual respect. Same thing happens in Last Boy Scout. You got Damon Wayans playing James Alexander Dix. Here we go. Washed up pro football quarterback. And he teams up with uh, kind of a down-on-his-luck private detective, Joseph Cornelius Hollenbeck, played by Bruce Willis. Do the full names important to the story? They team up and they, they solve a, a huge caper. Did you look that up to figure out the full names? Betting. No, I know them by heart. I've watched that movie probably a thousand times. Really? Great movie. So that scene that you hear at the beginning. I don't think I've seen it. Do you have it? Here's what happened, all right? You got it at the library. No, I have it. I went down and I was going to pull some of my favorite quotes from that movie for a song. Yeah. DVD case is empty. I don't know where the DVD is. It's one of my favorite movies. But so I found that, that clip online that, that they heard at the beginning. Okay. In the, the, our opening track called Le Dernier Samaritan, which is the French working title for Last Boy Scout. That's a scene where Taylor Negron. I believe it would be Le Dernier Samaritain. Le Dernier Samaritain. Do you, You're not doing it. Who took French in high school? I did. Me. Oh, we both did? Who would AP French? AP French. Who was a French scholar? I did not know that you were a French scholar. Tu parles de français? Oui. And you mispronounce yes. That's colloquial French. That is, oui. That's colloquial, my ass. Yeah, it is. Way oui is what you use to make cheese. <laughs> Wrong again. So, what was I trying to tell you? Way oui is a byproduct of cheese. Do you know who Taylor Negron is? I will not be disparaged, Trump. I'm going to change the narrative. Yeah, you are. Do you know do you know who Taylor Negron is? Of course I do. Stand-up comic. Yep. Uh, a little bit weird. But really great. Of course. Of and course. He, he had a few fleeting roles. He was the pizza delivery guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep, yep. He was the uh, kind of sloppy mailman in Better Off Dead, starring John Cusack. We'll get, we'll get back to that in Love a couple months. Love Cusack. Yeah, so. Cusack? Cusack. 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 Q-sack. Cute sack. Think of it that way. So, but then Taylor Negron in this movie is a, a horrifying, menacing villain. Oh, boy. Very menacing. And at that, in that scene, he's holding a switchblade to Joe Hollenbeck's cheek. Oh, my God. He says, just once, I'd like to hear you. You think you're, you think you're so fucking cool. Oh, so that's Taylor and Bruce talking. Yep. He's like, you think you're so okay, fucking cool. Okay, let's move cool. on. And then, you know, I'd like to hear you scream in pain, play some rap music. Wonderful. That movie is chock full of banter, most of it between Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis. So again, my point being, they don't like each other initially. They kind of like are butting heads, but they form a mutual respect and they do some important work. Mark, what does that sound like to you? What is analogous to that? What I just described. There you go, buddy. I told you there was a reason. That's right. See, Shane Black inadvertently created the template for this style of podcast. Oh, look, okay? at, look at that. So it wasn't a waste of time. Sure, it wasn't food news. Just a little bit of insight into the subconscious of podcasting. So, you know, if you like that sort of thing, tune in again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm sitting here wondering. Is that what they want? What they're getting. They like it. <laughs> Text the Soundhawk. Tell them how much you like it. 303-548-6877. There you go. Well, well done. I mean, when the annals of Natch and podcasting are written, that moment right there will be a clipped, excerpted, mm-hmm. turned into a theme song. 
Intro Foster. music for some other podcast. Foster Wallace style, baby. It's a good job. Good for you. I'd like and to see the movie. Oh, it's a great movie. But you don't have it. Yeah. You should just, it's worth buying. You'll want to see it again and again. It's hilarious. But there, the outro has another uh, nice little clip from the movie. Oh, stick around so for Stick that. around for that. Stick around for so many things. This is going to be a great episode. Natch 79. Whisper in your lover's ear. Food news eventually. Blah. Best food cast on the planet, whether you know it or not. Boom. Buckle up. What's up, Mark? What's going on? I got Red Twist. I know her. In the waiting room at Kaiser. Okay. She came back. There was some little TV show. Our daughter's elbow is healing nicely. Don't worry. I'm, I was worried. <laughs> Apparently, there are 12 people in the world that have an AH blood type. 12. Really? Could not confirm this, but it floored me. So you looked on the internet and whatever she found was not anywhere I couldn't the find it. Huh. There are rare blood types, but like 12, that's oddly specific, but it's so small. Well, how can they be sure? There's, I'm, I'm there's sure probably they can't more be than sure. 12. There are people who haven't had their blood tested, probably. Maybe there's 12 confirmed. What if you were one of those 12? I mean, you're toast. Yeah, if you need a blood transfusion. Don't need blood. You better not need blood. You better not need blood. Don't take this deadly supplement that's coming up in a few stories. Do you know your blood type? Ugh. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I do. I feel like I'm not the most common, but I'm the next one. That's helpful. Do you know why? You know why? Twelve type, people. Do you know why typo is Sometimes called? Sometimes I feel like one of those twelve people. Typo. What about typo? You know what? What the O means? Oligosaccharide. I think it means original. Oh. It's like the it's the caveman blood type. Really. I think in the eat right for your blood type system, if you were type O, that you're supposed to be eating basically the paleo diet. I don't think that's right. Just, just saying. Just words saying. out so, loud. Just saying some words out loud. So that's a little nugget from Red, Red Twist. I don't know what to do with that. It kind of scared me, though. Oh, that's just another thing for you to worry about. Like, what, ah. if, what if they had it wrong? What if I'm actually AH? What if no. I need a transfusion? Oh, my God. Not that bad. My throat's it's drying up. Something's happening. Chest oh is tight. God. You had a panic attack. Yeah, all right. No, did you? <laughs> Something happened. No, not there. Oh, this other thing? Huh? This other thing? This uh, scary supplement news that you're... Oh, that's coming up. No, well, we... What? What? Should we do that right now? What? What did you want to share? Something happened. There There's... was a mini event. The, no, the, when I went to the ENT, that was the other thing. It was like, there is an autoimmune thing called... Um... <laughs> Fucking hell, this is my life. Sogrin's. Sogrins. Uh-huh, which is basically like your your body fights itself and doesn't produce tear in your tear. It sal- doesn't salivate right. So you get a really dry mouth, dry eyes, all this kind of stuff. It can cause other problems, I'm sure. I'm listening to a podcast last night. Oh, okay. Gimlet's, one of Gimlet's Reply All. It's about like this guy who in his 30s, starts feeling bad and all this stuff goes wrong and he's nobody can find anything wrong and this it's a terrible story 20 years of symptoms and bad news i know i'm back from the mic that's a long time yeah but then at the end they're like we think he has sogrins i'm like what the fuck you don't have that i might that's all right what are you gonna do if you do you have that what are you gonna do if you do i don't know i think if you're gonna have you're gonna take your reality and you're gonna live in it and you're gonna Bring it for what it's worth. I tell you what you're going to do, Mark. You're Did you know that the esophagus, okay. the muscles of the esophagus work like a, like you're wringing a sponge. 
Looks like you're doing something else that, over there. You've got some, I won't say it, you you've got some pronounced swallowing going on on occasion. I think everyone swallows from time to time. you got soberings. you got a dry mouth. Maybe. I'll tell you what's going to happen, though, Mark. If you it have, works like a, the, it rings, so the, the muscles just ring. They spiral. That, they, they, you're ringing out a mop. Those muscles fire up, move stuff down. Hmm. Did you know that it's a set of muscles at the tip of your penis that makes your pee spiral? Those two streams come together? Yeah, they spin. Interesting. Uh, but here's what's going to happen if you have sorghum's disease, Mark. <laughs> Is you're going to you're going to keep podcasting and you're going to become a voice for the sorghum community. Oh, yes. That's right. The only thing that could happen that I think would maybe be better for you is if you found out you had some super rare disease. Oh my, you son of a bitch. That they were forced to name after you. Oh, brush syndrome. Brush syndrome, or they could call it peacock syndrome. Sogren's syndrome, an immune system disorder characterized by dry eyes and dry mouth. Boy, that sounds like a pretty harrowing. Common, more than two. (laughs) Dry eyes and dry mouth, huh? So you have to get visine and mouthwash. Oh my God. No, it's more serious than that, you son of a bitch. I know, I think we need a fundraiser. No. If If you have the inability to produce these things, it's a problem. But this no, is very common. Very, very much. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Neither do you. You're learning about it right now on some Wikipedia page. Yeah, I gotta stop. Rage against the carrageenan. Oh, right. I read that. Did you? Yeah. Turns out carrageenan, eh, maybe not bad for you after all. Another, a, a new bout of evidence defuting the old evidence. This seemed like good evidence. There's like, new evidence. The new evidence. Well, it seemed like, like the old evidence. They kept trying to recreate the old evidence and failing. Mm-hmm. So the old evidence was at a one research facility in Chicago. Don't, don't pin this on the Windy City. I think it was right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, I'll, I'll look that up. What's interesting to me about all this? But they couldn't replicate it. Well, yeah. And this guy said, "I studied the hell out of this, and it doesn't even pass through. It, it's not. It's like a. It's not getting into your bloodstream at all. Yep. Whatever the epithelial. So therefore. Uh, Yep. Safe. It's not causing intestinal inflammation. It's not causing problems. It's Use it as a binder. Use it as a filler. Use it's it in benign. your ice cream. So, Mark, let me ask you this. You're the food, you're the food insider among us. Is <laughs> <Okay>. there... <laughs> One out of two? How, I mean, how do natural foods products deal with stuff like this? Like, is there a, a, a lot of embarrassment? You know, it's Chicago. Like, down I was right. Chicago. You're not answering my question here. Because I, I buy Wiz Khalifa Farms almond milk and all their milks. It's like carrageen free all over. And there's so many products. It's like carrageen free. Right. Then something like this happens. This is the problem. Do you print new bottles? Do no. You, there's probably still a very... That's the thing. Like, there's no answer here. This debate doesn't end is what you're telling me. Do you have Sorgren's? Do you not? You don't know. Who cares? You got something. What? My point is... <laughs> you're... you're Talk about Trump. What the fuck are you doing? It's all there it's not evidence based, the natural food movement. Well, I know that. So But I mean, do you want to keep your horse this, in this game? Are you like, fuck it, we're doubling down. We're oh, putting well, carrageen free in bigger fonts. I think I think you would you would steer away from doubling down. Yeah, do you do you start using a smaller and smaller font and you then, could do that. then you move it to the back and then eventually it's down near the barcode and then it's just gone. There you go. Is that the strategy? If if the tide continues I feel to- like I'm the fucking insider. I provided my own answer. If the tide continues to turn back toward Karagidan's favor, yeah, becomes less of a. You're not going to throw it. You know, big differentiation point. I don't have any in mine. 
Well, I mean, but it is right now. You see it all over all sorts of products, Mark. In the fr- on the fringe, people like you. It's not the fringe. You buy that fucking shit too. I saw it in your. Oh wait, no, you don't. No, I don't. You buy the cheap stuff. You're like, oh, I want the Sprouts almond milk because it's a nickel less. It's more than a nickel less, Me? and it's I'm like, fine. I want the bottle that looks like a lava lamp. Yeah, you want that fancy bottle. That's what you're going for. I want the fancy bottle. It's pretty. It is, and it's carotene free. <laughs> but who gives a shit? I was giving a shit for a minute. You had me giving a shit for a minute, and then I kind of forgot. And then I saw this article in the line at Sprouts. I was waiting in a horrendously long line at Sprouts, oh, God, and I saw this long. article. That's kind of interesting, because that's Wait. where I buy my carrageenan-free Wiz Khalifa Farms almond milk. It's not Wiz Khalifa Farms. should be. Life rising. This, this is where shit gets real. You want to monkey around with carrageenan, go ahead. You don't want it, you don't want it, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. But if you want to bring in <clears throat> the Tone Shen Health slash Life Rising... Chinese medicine company out of oh, Chicago. There's something in there. You, uh, don't put it in my cupboard. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration and Illinois health regulators are investigating two deaths that might be associated with an herbal supplement made by Tonshan Health Life Rising, a Chicago-based Chinese medicine company. FDA confirmed the Life Rising DHZC-2 tablets, mm-hmm. which are marketed as a blood circulation regulator. If you're that AH... This speaks to you. You're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, I got to get on top of my blood. Yep. My circulation. To- I'm going to take this. Well, it contains 56 times the amount of lead that would pose a health risk for children. But I get it. It's like the lead makes your blood heavier, so it regulates it. <laughs> oh, my God. Seems like a smart move to me. Oh, my God. You just need to toughen up a little bit. You're going you're gonna to lose some brain cells, but your blood's going to be regulated. I think at that level, well, people died. Yeah. That's right. You might die, but your blood was very regulated at the time of death. This isn't like the slow burn of just a little bit of lead poisoning. This is like full on. This is like lead pills. <laughs> have some lead. Stop eating paint chips and take Too this bad. pill. All right. There's your public health warning. That's your... Uh, we used to have a segment. Food scares. Food... Oh, yeah. I think the audio cue poison. never came together. Wasn't it the Marler food scare thing? Marler food blog. We got a, This is not actually And the audio cue is my dog... Hacking up something. Yeah, that was the good one. And then we like couldn't find it and decided we needed to do uh, you making a noise. Oh. Yeah, well, are we using it? No. No. It's fine. We don't need it. We don't need to scare people. No. Scary enough without the fucking sound cue. Journey to the center of your butt. Yes, please. Right out of New Hope. Yep, they love. Great story. Hey, you know what, though? I saw an... Uh, Swedish scientists have unveiled a novel method to track the bugs as they make their way through your gut. Yes. Tiny GoPros for microbes? Think again. Not quite. Still pretty cool. The researchers created a version of L. Ruteri. That's a good one. That glowed red thanks to a protein from a bug. The mice ate the microbes and the path of the probiotics was tracked with in vivo molecular imaging over three hours. I mean, your intestine... Both intestines, long and winding road, but I think we know where they end up. You need glowing bugs to figure out that it's going to move around these corners. Or are they trying to see like where it settles? Maybe it gets in those little grooves. I think, uh, hopefully, well, that's a good point. No, it's not. It's half of a good point. I think they want to figure out, yeah, how long it's active, how long it's served. There must be some other nuance besides just, here's this red thing that moves through and passes into your... I think it's mostly like someone was like, ooh, this looks cool. <laughs> 
feed it that red bug. Mm. You know what I saw? I was looking at New Hope's Instagram page, and they had, a, they had a motivational speaker there the other day just to rally the troops. What? Who? I don't remember his name, but it made me laugh thinking, well, I thought to myself, God, was, Mar- was Mark ever forced to sit through one of these? Because <laughs> that is not the kind of thing that Peacock oh, is oh, going to suffer wait, wait, gladly. Wait, this guy? Yeah. Oh, that's Dr. James Rouse. Oh, is he not a motivational speaker? Well, I mean, he kind of is, but it's funny that he... Uh, his body language says to me, you've se- take per- your life back. Perhaps you've seen... It is take your life back. Perhaps you've seen him uh, on television as one of the spokespeople for King Supers, Optimum Health. Okay. Or perhaps you know him as one of the co-founders of Scoop with Mr. Alex Boguski. Oh, Scoop, the stuff that made me poop. It did scoop. make you poop, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I took a scoop, and then I very quickly took a poop. That man made that happen for you. Yeah. So he was motivating. He motivated my bowels. He journeyed right to the center of your butt. Yep. Glowing red the whole time. So now, are we moving on? Should I set this up? I think we should move on. All right. Well, do you want me to set it up? Yeah, tell me what we're about to hear. This is a word from David Crazy Fox Bronner, Dr. Bronner's... CEO. What? I was just waiting for you. Why bother setting it up? You're just over there getting... I didn't do that on purpose. It's an Instagram moment. Talking about fair wages. Big deal for these guys. Big deal for all of us. Here it is. That's coming. So... I'm David Bronner, uh, Cosmic Engagement Officer of Dr. Bronner's. Um... At our company, uh, we pay everybody fairly. We believe everybody who puts in a full day's work deserves to be able to make ends meet without being on public assistance programs. There's something deeply wrong with our economic system when that's not the case. People working full-time should be able to make ends meet. And it's also completely inefficient for taxpayers to subsidize low-wage employers who are not paying their employees enough. And what does it say about ourselves as a country when we don't value a full day's work enough to take care of people and we should be taking care of people through through wages that is the most efficient way not through government programs yep wages take, is the most efficient way take care of people through wages they can take care of themselves right mark give a man a bone i think it's give a man a teach a man to fish give a dog a bone and teach a man to fish right isn't that yep. kind of like giving someone a wage my, my synapses know. are not firing today's the sogrins oh boy let me see if i can I'm carry full sogrin effect <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, I love these guys because Bronner, they put their money where their mouth is. Okay, let's back up. I can't remember what the number is, but like the lowest paid work. And so they're making soap. They've been doing it for decades. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine uh, soaps. It's wonderful soap. Very clean. Which is something, Let me you, tell you, something, which is something you want in a soap. I bought a big bottle of I their. I wasn't done. I'm not. I'm taking over. I wasn't done. Oh, okay, go. The wages were. So like the lowest paid factory worker versus old cosmic engagement officer David Bronner, I think it's like seven, eight, twelve at the top. Like how much they're the discrepancy in pay? Maybe it yeah. was five. It's legit. No, uh, I mean that's he's a got, real. That's a real CEO right there. He's got a lot of. He's got or a lot of whatever he's called. He's got a big piece of a very profitable company that at some point is his. But so day to day, he's paying himself. Come on, fair pay wages. Shout out Broder. Follow him on Instagram. Maybe we'll get some more of those. I want to see more Crazy Fox. And here's something I'd like everyone. I always thought he'd be great on a podcast. I thought so too. He seems a little like, well, you know, he seems very 
serious in that clip. He, obviously, it's something he takes very seriously. But I'd like to hear a, a little bit wilder side of Bronner, you know? You know? Letting loose. Sharing some insights. You just staring numbly. I got distracted. At the I screen. got. I just got to. Well, let me distract you with this. They're naming the new conference rooms at New Hope, and I wanted to see what they were. Go ahead. I got this big bottle of peppermint Bronner soap at Costco. Stuff's great. Here's what I think you should do. You take a warm bath. Peppermint, yeah. And you just squirt a bunch of that in there. Right up your ass? No, no, oh, in, in the bath. Into the tub, into the tub. Not up your ass. And then you're just soaking in the tub. It feels like you are ensconced in peppermint chocolate, like in peppermint bark. It's fucking crazy. Like a hot bath with this peppermint. You're like cool and you're warm. Do you know that peppermint is one of the biggest silent triggers of acid reflux? It's like you're just wrapped up in Christmas in Yuletide. Nice, just steady, warm bath. Throw in the throw in the Bronner's soak in Yuletide. You feel you feel like you're inside Christmas it, candy. I guess that's true. Sometimes that stuff is pretty strong. Can Holiday get candy, tingly and oh yeah. <laughs> and it's got it makes a good lather too. Sure does. In case you want to move around a little bit. All right, tell tell us about your friend who texted this. No. Oh yeah, I can't tell you about the New Hope thing. That would be out of turn. But the. So, I, what do you mean? I don't know. I got a text. Good evening, Mr. Bruss. Uh, this is uh, Tom Kosmiskus from Golden, Colorado. I run a uh, small, very small, we only have about 32 subscribers, organic magazine. is obviously organic's big trend. Uh, foods, singapoos, uh, all kinds of uh, aerodynamics. I mean, organic's the cutting edge. I mean, honestly, you put organic on something, you charge six more bucks on the bottle, anybody will buy it. Name me that Paul Cop, Yucca Puck, and Alexander. He says organic goes straight to it. Anyway, let me cut to the chase. I want I want your involvement. I want your capital involved in my new organics newsletter. Our headquarters is in Helsinki, Finland. Now, I know, I believe you and your uh, lovely wife, Jenny, just went to uh, Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, they've got the vomit and uh, dog crap everywhere. The women are beautiful. There's vomit and uh, hot ponds out in the countryside. Ponds, wine bars, and uh, vomit. Anyway, it's great weather. It's a great time of year to go there, honestly. And lots of organics. So, contact me, Mark. You're a visionary of organics. All the best. <laughs> Finally, someone texts a sound hawk who gets it, who well, understands I've gotten, who he's got on the on the line. Was it Richie Robbins back in the day making fun of you? I've gotten texts, but nothing like that. No, I'm saying finally someone acknowledges. Because that's a full-on video I got. Yeah, that they have a thought leader on that's the horn That's him speaking here. into his phone, so we're going to have to throw that up on Instagram. Yeah, we'll share it. Helsinki Paul. He's got to be, his name's Paul. I'll so wait, is it Paul. a magazine or a newsletter? He started by saying it was an organics magazine. Then he said he was going to do a newsletter. Well, I'm going to venture. Is that, is that a pivot? He's pivoting already. He's it's, pivoting from magazine to newsletter? That's I, probably a smart move. Why don't we call the whole thing a joke? Huh? What? I don't think it's real. Oh, I think it's real. I think, I think he's looking for capital. I think he's come to the right place. I think it's a little bit of stand-up. You think so? But, but, but yeah, captivating in its own way. A hmm. weird accent slash impediment. It's yeah. not real. I don't think it's real. And then uh, just a spontaneous riff on organic. Well, I really hope for your sake it's not real. Because then uh, otherwise you're just going to seem heartless and cruel. To who? Him? 
Yeah, a nice man who happens to have a speech impediment calls and tries to pitch you on something organic and you just laugh at him, huh? I hate to say it, but classic brush. Organics. So go ahead and text the Soundhawk. He's got six bucks for him. Wow, and you too can be belittled on a podcast. It was quite the best text I've ever gotten since we uh, instituted this Soundhawk texting program. Pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. I think he means it, though. Let me just look at him real quick, because he's a delight. So you do know this guy? I think I know him. You think you know him? Ruses up. I think I know him. Yeah, you yelled at me earlier <laughs> for blowing it. <laughs> Don't tell him it's my friend. I think I know him. Yeah. Oh, that's magic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We got to get that on Instagram. That's too good. All right. Keep them coming, people. Oh, right. I can't stop. That's enough. Okay, there we go. Trying. Okay. That's enough, Helsinki Paul. Thanks, uh, Helsinki Paul. Now let's keep it close. Let's keep it in friends and the family. Keep it New Hope, right? Or former New Hope. No, yeah, we're keeping a little New Hope here. I don't know what old Charge Kingsbury is up to these days. He's not at New Hope. But I, well, no, I do know what he's doing. He's prepping real hard. See this photo? Prepping? Yeah, I think he's prepping. Like prepping for disaster? Yeah, disaster prepping. This doesn't. This looks like a wall to wow. keep sun off your back or something. No, corrugated um, steel and some random so pieces of wood and a little. Check the deck. dock. You get the dock by texting me three zero three five four eight six eight seven seven, or you can surf around the website and find the link and subscribe to the newsletter. Inside the newsletter that comes out once a week with every show, there is links. You get to go into the show notes. And in these notes, there's a photo of what he has built this summer, which I get your point. He's got like a nice little fire pit. It's this walled enclosure. It's kind of delightful in its own. It doesn't look like it's going to protect you from a goddamn thing. I don't see how this is a, a prepper. Thing. I think he's prepping. Because if, if this is Charge, and I know Charge, he's up in the mountains. Doesn't want to come off the mountains. We're talking Netherlands. At the end of a long road. Just out in the pavement. wilderness. Just out in the wilderness. He's like 20 minutes away from the nearest Indian restaurant. Because you know what I think he does? I think next year, this thing, a few more walls on it gets fully enclosed. You know, and the next year, down. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd, you'd start then by... he goes I down. You, I think you start by digging a hole. You don't build a flimsy thing around uh, the hole you're going to dig. Uh, there's something up here. That's what it looks like to me. Something is up is that you don't know jack shit about construction. Hey! Oh, look at those two chairs. Oh, I just noticed this. You see these two chairs in this photo? These yep. two little lawn chairs? Oh, yeah. They're clearly built for the apocalypse. No. Those two lawn chairs were pivotal. They were the entire set for you, an ill-fated video interview program we were creating a New Hope called Lawn Chair Profits. Oh, yeah. I remember when that flashed in the pan. Where it was going to be me mm -hmm. and some noted person, and we would take these lawn chairs, and we just... Bogusky, please. Well, that, we were going to do one. He was going to be the first one. I know. He was the reason you started it. You just wanted to sit in a lawn chair with Bogo. No, we were going to put these lawn chairs like in the middle of Pearl Street or in the middle of a parking lot. Just set them up wherever in a weird place. You fucking gorillas. Yep. There they are. There's those lawn chairs. Good for them. Lawn chair profits. Broken dreams and a broken down prepper Would, would you have listened to that? Lawn chair profits. We even had a logo. It was great. It was like this playful little globe with me like my head coming up out of it and maybe a chair two chairs on either side of me lawn chairs glad you have a plan b lawn chair profits this podcast could be called lawn chair profits Nah, we don't want to profit. not gonna happen we're on a, a gray couch i did 
What is this next segment? Oh, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about my yoga lineage. Because I went back to that candle night, candlelight class again this week. Uh-huh. I thought we got into the food news. We're still We're stuck here? We're almost there. No, this is fun. It was just a really nice class because she, she uh, said, you know, as you come to your mat or whatever, think about the relationships you've had that brought you to your practice. She said, oh, shit. What was... What? I wanted to drop the line in. Your magic line over there in the kitchen. Don't oh, I said you don't wag a flat. Oh, no, you don't wag a flaccid penis. You, you, you wag it, it when it's hard? Or you no, wait you wait till, till it's hard. hard. Don't wag a flaccid penis. Wait till it's hard. What if a nice, quiet yoga studio, everything got quiet, dark, and that's what she said? That would have changed everything, probably. But no, it was nice because I, my grandma, Grams, she's been featured on this podcast before. Sure. We had an audio clip of her telling a story about digging up potatoes. When I was a kid... She's living in a Bavarian village. She is, but when she would come visit us out here, my, my memories of her are that, well, we'd have, to, we'd have vodka and tonic in the house, which we never had in the house because she liked vodka. Or no, it was gin and tonic? One or the other. But she would sit on the floor watching TV at night and stretch. She would just do stretch after stretch after stretch. Really? Loved it. Watched her stretch, studied her stretching. And then my dad... How old was this woman at the time? She was probably in her 60s. Hmm. Doing some good stretches. Okay. You know who else does that? Who? Boom. You? Dr. Brush. Okay. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know about your when stretching we're in a, When we're in a good zone. A good, like, a good zone? A good zone. Oh. See, I, it's some sort of... All right. It's the what sorghum. A, I'm, I'm chock-a-block. I like how throat. you call it sorghum. That's <laughs> good. Um, yeah. Jenny would sit on the couch... Watch a show. I'd lay on that ground. Stretch it out. Good hour. Well, yeah. It feels good. It, it does and then it didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, don't stretch then. Yeah. Allow rigor mortis to set in while you're still alive. That's smart. I was aggressive with it and like treated it like a chore because of the back. It's not a chore, Mark. It's a mitzvah. And then my dad gave me this book called Stretching. I have it. I can show you the copy downstairs. It's a great book. It's just... It, like very basic illustrations of all these different stretches you can do. Here's good stretches for the morning. A whole here's a good stretch for kayaking. Like it's got everything. <laughs> can I? So that's send part me of that the lineage. One? And then my my wife's aunt Carol, who's also been featured on this podcast, she passed Are there away. Good, good good stretches for podcasting. A couple months ago. You need that. I can put together. Actually, I'll use some pictures from that stretching book. I'll cut them out. I'll scan them. I'll put together a little podcaster stretching guide. Um, that let's do it as a bonus edition of the newsletter it's not going to be in this newsletter no no not in this one at some point in the next few oh, weeks right you put it together a little pdf we will send it out to newsletter subscribers as a bonus edition you get your own free copy of the podcasters hijacked guide. material from a copyrighted book all right <laughs> i like it but then my wife saying carol who passed away a couple months ago or no it's actually it's been like four I don't it's know. been a while it's been a while but she was the one who got me started on actual yoga. She told Nicole and I to go to a Yingar yoga studio in Chicago. It was fucking amazing. And then, then I'm thinking about what? Okay. when I went out to visit my grandma, I, was, I talked about stretching and yoga in that stretching book. And she's like, I wish I'd never given that up. Oh. And I said, well, I, have, I happen to have two copies of that stretching book. I will send you one. So I did. Why do you have two? My dad gave me one and I used to work at a bookstore. So I bought another just to have to give to someone if they ever wanted it. That, look at that fucking thoughtful i'm sharing that the is gift amazing. of stretching i've never done that i wish i'd i wish i did that 
been more considerate? Just, you, no, just had a stack of like, I love this book and had a stack of them to give people. I told you, that's why I couldn't find any copies of The Naked Ape, because I'd given them all away. Oof. So here's the other thing We're that happened. We're almost to The Naked Ape book club segment. But this is crazy. So if anyone's been following the uh, our stories on Instagram, I got one of those Beyond Meat uh, burgers, the you know, the ones that are in the refrigerated case. They're not frozen. You know what I'm talking about, Mark? What? Those Beyond Meat patties. Wait, what? It's probably not on the story anymore because... Oh, I shouldn't look? No, I posted. It's already been gone for a while. It was earlier in the week. I cooked a couple of them. Let's not waste time with that. What are you doing? Tell me this story. Oh, all right. So I... I my Actually, Nicole bought... I've been telling her about those. She bought some of those patties. I open them up. They smell kind of meaty. A little bit almost like dog foodie, but not in a gross way, if that's possible. So then I grill them up. And then, you know, we're eating them and looking at them. And it looks like meat, like they're rare in the middle. Really pretty tasty. Uh, and my wife loved them. She devoured hers. And then uh, Christy, who my wife works with, who's a vegetarian, had watched the story and like took a screen grab of it and sent us a message being like, oh my God, why it looks like meat. And I was like, it fucking smells like meat too. And it did. But here's the craziest part. I told you at these candlelight yoga classes, I end up sweating a lot. I'm in there doing the yoga, sweating my ass off, and it fucking smells like a grill. Like I smell like meat. I smell like grilled meat. No, wait. My sweat minute. smells like grilled meat. See, now you wish you'd listen to this fucking story, don't you? Instead of <laughs> monkeying around. No. I mean, I think it's well known that meat eaters, I think it's called ketosis, something like that. Mm-hmm. Some process where you can smell like you've eaten meat, but you didn't eat meat. That's what I'm telling you. I ate this thing that's like a... They hacked the The, the closest project? approximation to actual beef patties, ground beef patties, that you science and vegetarian whimsy You know what that tells come. me? You son of a bitch. You're just so open to placebo. That's right, baby. That it's like, oh, I think I had some meat, and you start sweating meat. That's what happens. It's not even possible. It is possible. I felt... And then God, she... God, that's beyond placebo. The yoga instructor did her thing again where she was going around the room and like during Shavasana, massaging everyone's neck and stuff. Mm. And I was like, I'm sweaty and I smell like fucking meat. Yeah, you do. And IPA. I'd had it... That's the other... The only slight drawback to the candlelight yoga is, you know, I like to have an IPA or two while I'm cooking. Kind of like Julia Childs like to have a glass of wine. But then I end up going to this class. Every day? Every day what? IPA every day? Not every day, but most days. A lot of days, yeah. IPA a day. Keeps the doctor away, Mark. Mm. But it also, then I'm in there and I'm like, God. Don't I go pulling on it flaccid. What? Don't what? You don't wag a flaccid don't wag dick. It. <laughs> you don't wag a flaccid penis. Or did I say cock? I don't remember. You said. No, you don't wag a flaccid dick. You wait till it's hard, right? Great story. Fake meat sweats. That's, that's, that's something else. That's, I, I know it was a little bit of a winding road to get there, but there were two... Interconnected stories, both succinct, complete. Yeah. Done. Book club. We're getting close to the end of this book. Naked Ape, the controversial classic of man's origins by zoologist Desmond Morris, or as we like to call him, Desi. If you'd like to uh, hear previous segments of the book club, just go back in the feed. We talked about uh, the introduction, origins, sex, rearing, exploration, now fighting. Now we're fighting. Ooh. Whoops. What? What happened? Nothing. Did you rip a page out? What's going on? Nope. 
It's all good. You're up to something. It's all good. Why don't you kick it off, Mark? Clearly, you've got a plan. Let me allow you to lay the groundwork. Nope, nope, nope. No plan. Okay. I don't know. You know, in-depth on the fighting response of mammals. and Very in-depth. Always. All the way, what each each behavior means. Mm -hmm. The sounds, the vocalizations, the ones we've adapted and haven't. Fascinating. Here's what I like. Uh, this is something that's fun. Like when you read an old, an old, long, book, a very long chapter. You read like an older book, and he basically says like, "There's a good chance we will have exterminated ourselves by the end of the century." He, so he wrote oh, this there in the was 70s. that moment in there where he was like, "Yeah, this shit's up." But there, there's a sense of elation now that we're well into the 21st century. And we're like, "Yay, we didn't." No Armageddon. We're not dead yet. I just like when stuff like that happens. It's just a slow death. Here's another takeaway that so grins death. Some some amazing if you if you're into the minutia of being an animal, which we all are, this <laughs> this chapter was fascinating. When agitated, it's hard to crap. Oh. Did you know that? <laughs> but it ain't hard to crap after you're done being agitated. But here's the thing. But you might also shit your pants without warning. Yeah, right when that... Right. So if you wanted to crap, it'd be hard. But if you don't want to crap, that might be hard Okay, too. that's true. I did find that whole interplay between the sympathetic and parasympathetic oh, nervous fascinating. system is fascinating. Of course. And the, the reasons why you can do these wild swings and they're fighting each other. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and like he said, if you see... Like if someone's pissed and in your face... If they're all red and their teeth are bared, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But if they are like, don't worry if, about it. If they're pale and they're tight-lipped, go time. Get your fucking guard up because you're gonna get cold cocked. Holy crap! Oh, okay. He's just hanging. He's just hanging something on the door. Looked like, looked like some Jeff Bridges character. <laughs> it did look like like Buddy was coming up. Buddy, to guest spot on the podcast. Wow. All right. Here's another thing that was interesting in this chapter. Yeah, he me. talks about spectacles, like glasses that you wear on your face and how... Oh, ma- he does. Because your eyes, you know, uh, if you wear dark, big sunglasses, you can. it's intimidating because your eyes look big and it's scary. He talks about how moths have those facial patterns on the back of their wings that make them look mm-hmm. like big, scary mm-hmm. eyes. But he says that mild-mannered people tend to wear thin-rimmed spectacles yep. so they don't come across as too aggressive. You know who I thought of right away? My co-host. Soundhawk. And then I realized that when I wore spectacles, I still have my pair in there. They were ginormous. <laughs> Those big fucking Michael Caine glasses from the 70s. They were as aggressive as possible. <laughs> yes. I think the trend now would very would much would be aggressive glasses. Mm-hmm. Big, thick, dark frames. Well, hey, we've made it into the 21st century, baby. Now we're all fucking juiced up. God, I, wanted, I almost bought, if I could, I didn't because I ended up on Warby Parker and Supported that lovely establishment. 100 bucks for glasses. Send them to people in need. Wonderful. And I'm sure that happens. It does happen. But I wanted to get wire frameless. Just just, just as meek as possible. Just as meek as possible. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what happens when you've got problems. Uh, he also draws some weird uh, connections between like faces and objects, like cars, like Headlights and grills look like angry faces. Yep. yep, he does that. He said some some brand names like OXO, he gives, for example, yeah. takes advantage of that like eye, angry mouth, eye yeah. setup. Yeah. But he thinks it works to their advantage because you like see it on the shelf and you're like, <gasps> for a minute you're scared, but then you're like, oh, it's not going to hurt me. It's a product. Yeah, it's dominant. No, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want this dominant fucking carrot peeler. He kept talking about the, the rear posturing submission position. 
Yes. I think Desmond likes that. But didn't he also say something about how it used to be sexualized, but not anymore? Sort of. He goes on a rather creepy tangent about, like, spanking boys and girls. Yeah, he does. He makes that a little creepy. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe part of the reason it's creepy is just because we're uptight animals. Next week. No, no, no. There's more. Feeding. Oh. There was something else. Oh, yeah. He he had some advice here. I'll read. We haven't read from the book yet. Check this out. Mm, Cannot wait. So he's talking about... And I, I agree with him that the strategy is good when dealing with, like, especially with authority figures. Like, instead of getting aggressive right away, if you act submissive, if you show them your rump and let them metaphorically <laughs> hump it or whatever, that you're probably likely to just be left alone. He said he, he's done this with police officers. On he does, but, but his advice is <laughs> a little insane. Occasions. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, most drivers, when caught by the police for some minor motoring offense, immediately respond by arguing their innocence or making excuses of some sort for their behavior. In doing this, they are defending their mobile territory and are setting themselves up as territorial rivals. It's a no-no, right? This is the worst possible course of action. It forces the police to counterattack. If instead an attitude of abject submission is adopted, it will become increasingly difficult for a police officer to avoid a sensation of appeasement. But somewhere in here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. above all, oh, <laughs> above all, it is essential to get quickly out of the car and move away from it towards the policeman. Right. That is the worst idea. Right. I think I've ever heard. That you is like shot. you will get shot. Yep. Full of fucking holes. Bad idea. But he's British, and so he's like, oh, you, you approach the Bobby, and it's thirty years ago too. Yeah, you might get clubbed, but you're not going to get shot. <laughs> anyway, that's bad advice. But as promised. We did talk about uh, the religion coming up in this chapter. Oh. And it does. Maybe Mark didn't read the whole thing, and that's fine. That's, that was my big secret. I just realized I have 10 pages left. Oh, okay. Well. Just 10, though. That's not bad. That must be where the religion came in. Hold on, I can find School it. School me. do 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 da Not there. I had, I had my uh, bookmark in it, and then it fell out. Okay. So he's talking about religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Shit. I mean, he basically says like... Dead air. Well, you could talk. If you oh. read the book, it would be helpful. Well, I haven't read that part. Okay. Listen to this. <clears throat> the total dominance of the number one member of the group having been replaced by a qualified dominance. So basically, instead of a troop of apes where there's one alpha male, there's kind of subdominance going on. You know, you're territorial and you're part of this tribe. So because of that, a uh, man could no longer command, un- or the, the kind of alpha male could no longer command unquestioning allegiance. This change in the order of things, vital as it was to the new social system, nevertheless left a gap. From our ancient background, there remained a need for an all-powerful figure who could keep the group under control, and the vacancy was filled by the invention of a god. Soundhawk! By the invention of a god. Hmm. The hmm. influence of the invented god figure could How then operate he? as a force additional to the now more restricted influence of the group leader. What? Just like that, taking the piss out of everything. You think that's going to make America great again? I don't know, Drump. You tell me. Damn. He just shit. It makes sense, doesn't it? Well, Especially. a lot of his stuff makes sense, but it doesn't mean it's always true. Well, these a lot of these things are you can't really prove one way or the other. I mean... You know. I don't. Someone in the middle of the night took my rib out and made women out of it. Well, if you believe that's true, then 
How does Desmond explain that? Stupidity? I don't know what chapter stupidity comes under. Wow. I want to, I'm going to finish that. Yeah. So he's saying that religion was invented for... Because there was a vacancy. Zoological means. Because we no longer had that, you know, the comfort and fear thing, that nice balance of like, this person protects me, but I need to respect him and be careful and like not piss him off. Like, doesn't that sound like most people's, especially, you know, destructive religions attitude towards God? Don't piss him off. Yeah. Moving my fucking arm. If you notice I'm a pro, I don't bump the mic stand. I use the arm that's on the other side. Natch 79. <clears throat> Whisper in your love. Food news here. eventually. This is eventually. We've reached the eventually portion of this podcast. Discomfort food using dinners to talk about race violence in America by Amora Judkis, Washington Post. Can't wait. When Nigerian chef Tunde Wei brings people together over a beautiful meal to talk about some of the ugliest problems facing our country, racism, sexism, police brutality, weird British zoologists getting out of their cars and approaching police officers... (laughs) He can't help but notice one recurring theme. After the people of color in the room have voiced their frustrations, fears, and sorrows, someone, usually a white ally, would ask, so what's the solution? White folks or privileged folks are quick to try to find a solution or ask for a solution, as opposed to sitting in the discomfort said way. Mm. How do you answer what the solution is to racism or systemic injustices? discomfort food. That's the answer? Why are you asking for an answer? There is no answer. Oh, whoops, that was very white of me. Later on. He, he gets people together. Okay. Fascinating story, this guy. Born in uh, Lagos, Lagos, Nigeria. Parents stayed there. He came to America, Detroit, educated. I think he worked in a restaurant or two. Then he got to New Orleans, and he started a food cart but he was $13,000 in the hole after a year, so he stopped. He started doing these pop-up dinners where he would just ride Greyhound buses around the country and cook for groups of people, hmm. which became this. So the dis- legit. The, the discomfort com- is twofold if he's riding Greyhound buses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, he, and, and then there was... Uh, oh, sorry, you would ask for a sound there was a There was a moment of... Uh, so there was this... Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Over southern food, specifically in the Charleston area. Um, a gentleman named Twitty, I believe his name is Twitty, sort of a black historian, kind of took umbrage with like this resurgence of all this, this food culture. It's, it's not all of yours to resurge white people. Yep. Credit where credit is due, blah, blah, blah. John T. Edge, perhaps the mouth and brain of southern food. Southern Foodways Alliance. The man we've... Have we talked to him? I talked to him. I'm sure you've talked Smart to him. Smart guy. He's also appeared on food shows and judge, he's judged things, etc. He writes an article. He writes a column for the Oxford American, and he said, I'm going to give half of it to Tunde. Ooh, I'll put the link in the doc. You should read it. It's a squirmy bit of business. You are all over the place. What's happening? Tell Look, so there's dinners happening. There's a, there's a, yeah, well, the dinners are happening, but it's this, this debate. There's a larger debate around race, and then there's also this debate over how you can have that debate through food. I just did that finger again. You're fond of that. That's brush right, style. That finger right the there. Yeah. rectal exam. Another instance of discomfort. So this guy is getting a lot of attention and press for having these... I think he's also a hell of a chef, and he cooks 
native dishes and toils over them for days and you pay like 60 bucks and you so, go sit in discomfort. <laughs> so you're sitting, you're sitting with people of all races enjoying this meal and then... It may be mostly... Sometimes they may, they may just all be black. But the idea is that you talk about race issues but you don't talk about solutions. You just like stew in the... I think you just reality kind of, of the situation. I think you're just there's a lot of stewing. Yeah. All right. No, I like that. I like uh, I like discomfort. And when he and when he engages with a very nice man, John T. Edge, smart man, open. He's very active. Like why? I he he is employed, I think, by the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, Confederate flags. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? School, take this down, kind of stuff. And so he's perceived and lives the life of a liberal-minded academic person. And two days, like, writing to him, like, you got to give me your job. Whoa. Oh, no. Well, I refuse to give you my job, but I will participate in this discussion. So anyway. I like that, though. We don't want any more of the white man's pivot, because that's really what it is. That is what, now it's you're like, getting it. I'm uncomfortable. This isn't happening for me. So what's the solution? No more of the white man's I'm pivot. I'm here to help. Yeah. Fuck, fuck the white man's pivot. I don't need your help. Well, well yeah. We all need to help each other. There was some sort of obscenity to the whole thing, this foodie movement. This is Tunde. You eat at one of these new restaurants with small plates, and the food tastes good, but it's not saying anything. What it's saying is just, look at me. It's self-referential. That's where the obscenity comes from, when you can say nothing, surrounded by so much to say. That's deep. Deep thoughts. The obscenity of the foodie movement, I like that you said that because there's something, I don't think I've ever even brought it up on this podcast before, but I remember, it was years ago, uh, the local alt news weekly was looking for a food critic and I was working at a food magazine at the time. I remember I was like, this. I was like, oh, it's gotta be me, blah, 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 and started like cooking up some reviews and stuff, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to eat 30 meals a week and, Out. and gush over food because like foodie culture is actually very obscene in many ways. Given the fact that we live in a world where you know and you can find instant pictures and video of people starving to death in other countries, it's kind of obscene to nitpick little nuances of some meal that you just eat in here. Like you're lucky enough to get food and you're going to send some of it back to the kitchen or you're going to fucking take pictures of it. And I mean, it's, there's like a, an ignorance and an arrogance at the core of foodie culture, which I don't hear anyone talking about. Except for Tunde and me now. <laughs> I think when he comes through town... What do you think about we that? We buy a ticket. No, I'm with you. I agree. It could, it could, if you want to just talk about it and take pictures of it, it seems like much more interesting as a vehicle to talk about something else. Yeah. Or you just enjoy it and shut up. Well, yeah. but Or if you're going to like gush about it, like... Start off with a bit of appreciation for the fact that, oh, I live somewhere where I get to enjoy this. Like, I don't have to walk three miles to get clean oh, water that you. might have fucking shit in it. Well, you you and this guy, close friends. Here, let me tell you. Oh, shit. Sorry. What? <laughs> Thank God there was dead air for a minute. He says something like that. <laughs> kind of the same. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I just wanted. To, I want to understand Tune Day better. No, I do too. I love, thank thank you for sharing that, Mark. It's a very very meaningful segment. Uh, like it's been nuked. Millions of bees dead after South Carolina sprays for Zika mosquitoes. Stop messing in the dock while I'm looking at this. 
by Ben Guarino, the Washington Post. So, death came suddenly to Dorchester County, South Carolina. Stressed insects tried to flee their nests only to surrender in little clumps at hive entrances. So, what's happening here? I know what's happening here. Freaking out about Zika and just spraying the shit Mm -hmm. out of the landscape. Fallout. This time from an airplane. For the first time, an airplane dispensed Nolid in a fine mist. Nolid is a very popular insecticide. It rained insect death from above on Sunday between the hours of 6.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. Wow. Nolid. I don't know that one. Really? <laughs> oh. Got him. By one estimate, at a single apiary, Flower Town Bee Farm and Supply in Somerville, 46 hives died on the spot, totaling some 2.5 million bees. Oh, boy. They passed right over the trees three times, some person said to ABC4 News after the plane left. The familiar buzzing stopped. The silence in its wake was like a morgue. It's now, fucking awful. Yeah, I'm, the only reason I'm not outraged is that I got up at the MBJ Summit several years ago to a room full of CEOs and said the same thing. There was some parking lot. You said, fuck the bees, let's... No, I, but, I mean, well, here. So at, at that moment... There was some parking lot. I feel like it was Oregon. What were you wearing? I think I had on my uh, Canucks and... What they called? Chinooks? No. What are are they? Sunooks. 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 And my seersucker jacket, the bow tie. Oh, yeah. Full full on. Oh, my God. How heavy were the rims on your glasses? When you're you're talking to a whole room full of people, he actually discusses this in Naked Ape. Like, the reason you fidget and feel weird is because everyone's staring at you. Having all those eyes on you, it's like having a bunch of aggression aimed at you. Mm, so do you counter that? I agree that? with that. Do you get submissive with meek, I, tiny little frames? I start all of my presentations by bending over, taking my pants off, Ooh. look peering over my shoulder. And just kind of spreading them a little bit? Just saying, it's okay. It's okay, everybody. It's okay. It's a good tactic. <laughs> yeah, right. Does the who's that guy that came to New Hope? Does he know about that disarming tactic? No, I don't know. Is that how he warms He's up more of a room? nutritionist. So they, they sprayed some tree with like oh god, the, the, it was called like knockdown or something, mm. and just thousands of bees had died in this parking lot, and everybody got so it was like a target. They were like, "What the hell is going on here?" And they covered the tree with a big net. Anyway, this is at the same time when I, when like multiple children had died in India which has a school lunch program where they feed all the kids lunch. And somebody has, somebody had kept like, I can't remember what the food was, but they'd mixed, they essentially, instead of putting oil into the rice, they put pesticide in the rice because they were like right there in the kitchen with them together. Deadly, deadly combination. Wait, what? Pest, pesticide and rice? Yeah, cooked with it and then fed it to all the school kids. Wait, who did that? That was India several years ago this happened. On purpose? Accident. Oh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, this stuff's real. Sure. It's intense. Here's what I but think. But what are you going to do? And I noticed that you actually tweeted something about this article, or you retweeted someone else, posted something about why this is why it's a way better idea to release those genetically modified mosquitoes mm-hmm. to combat Zika. Tamar Haspel got into that mix. Which I agree with. Which, And I'm also curious why the pro, I mean, the pro GMO crowd should be seeing Zika as. Should I say a mitzvah again? Oh, boy. Not a mitzvah because it's horrible, but but it's an opportunity, right? Because 
genetically modified mosquitoes could save us from this deadly scourge. Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. be one of those things that softens everyone's attitude about genetically modified this and that. There you go. Next step, genetically modify some bees. Mm. Make them robust. You know, I think the, the problem is, like, every, people who are against genetic modification, and it makes sense. It is scary. You're tampering with nature and all this. But we tamper with nature constantly. We're fucking rambunctious, unchained lunatics. Like, we've just, like look at how fucked the world is. Like, do we really need to be worried about the ramifications of genetically modifying some mosquitoes to allow us to live for another 50 years while we figure out how to get off this fucking dying planet? Oof. Wish it weren't the case. What was I saying about apocalypse earlier? I don't remember. God. That Wasn't that sorghum, long ago? That sorghum's eating your brain, What was man. that? It was like, God, it was like 10 minutes ago. All the lubrication in your brain's drying up, too. Apocalypse. Ah, oh, shit. Well, I mean, we were talking about how Desmond Morris said that he didn't think we'd last through the 20th yeah, century. Yeah, I guess that maybe that when was When he wrote it. that book in the 70s. I don't know. I feel like it was something else. I was going to make a joke. An apocalypse joke? Mm-hmm. One of your classic apocalypse jokes? We're still here. One step at a time. Oh, you're moving to a new story. Corpses, pythons, sleep deprivation. Final story of the episode. Meditation mm-hmm. rituals in Thailand can be intense. Tell me about it. Bryant, Rous- Bryant Rousseau, New York Times. Well, we should have done this right after your yoga lineage. Well, I mean, I think people still remember that. A, that maybe story, not. I that don't. story hangs <laughs> like a... A decomposing body may not sunshine. seem like an ideal meditation aid, <clears throat> but at some of Thailand's tens of thousands of Buddhist temples, it is common to find monks reflecting while seated before a rotting corpse. The practice of corpse meditation, largely limited to Thailand today is an ancient concept in Buddhism sanctioned by the Buddha himself. There are centuries-old murals and manuscripts depicting scenes of meditation next to different types of cadavers, some infested with worms, others cut in two or being picked at by crows. Are you aware of this practice? I was aware of this practice. I actually take part in this practice, and I didn't even know it existed. How do you... You take part in writing corpse meditation but didn't know it existed? In a sense... Like, remember I told you that story about that, and I was looking for the photo. It was like that rat that I saw on the sidewalk in Chicago that was half (laughs) eaten by maggots. You wanted to ollie over it. No, no, no. I ollied over a dead squirrel. That was another instance of me meditating over a corpse, quite literally, hovering over one. Right. But anytime I saw a dead raven in our neighborhood just the other day, anytime I see a dead animal, Mm -hmm. my impulse is to photograph it. I mean, to stare at it and then take a picture. Okay. And then I think I might even have, I should create a folder somewhere on a hard drive with all my dead corpse animal pictures, but oh, maybe not, but I kind of like, you could print them out paper walls with them and just meditate. I'll tell you another story. When I, I was living in my parents' house and I was working downtown on a graveyard shift. So at like six in the morning, I'd take the light rail back to Littleton and then I'd ride my bike to my parents' house to sleep. And I was riding up this street one time and I looked in the gutter and there was a dead raccoon. It had like it was freshly dead. A raccoon? A dead raccoon. And I looked at it, it was freshly dead. I was bummed out, it made me sad, because he was cute or whatever, and then you know, went back to work. And then maybe it was like a couple days later, I was riding back home the same way. Same raccoon, still in the gutter. Raccoon. Just bloated as hell. Just like looked like a, a raccoon <laughs> a raccoon balloon. That's what it looked like. And then I you know, I took notes. I thought about it a lot. And then I rode past it again a few days later and the balloon had burst, my friend. You need to sit. Yeah, I guess that's a But rather than being sickened and like 
fearful or whatever. I mean, there's, there's the, the saddest part about it is that it was in a gutter. So like all this organic material isn't going to get properly you you're better than that? Oh. recycled. Oh. It'll get washed into the storm drains eventually. Maybe it'll do some good there. You're going to end up in a gutter too. That's fine. The corpse is often that of a child or young adult who has died unexpectedly. That could be a bit intense. A family will donate the body to a temple, hoping something good can come from the tragedy. The monks see the deceased young people as representing the best of humanity, Professor McDaniel said. They're innocent, not so selfish and greedy and ambitious. If something so beautiful can decay, why are you so proud and vain? You're even uglier. Whoa. Yeah! It makes sense. We live in a culture where we run from death. We run from the idea of death. We don't like to think about death. We pretty much think we're immortal until our back goes out in our 30s, and then we're like, wait, I'm not going to live forever. But it's it's much wiser to, I mean, death is in, in, inevitable. Well, this is only one of several. Maybe, at least for the next 20 years. It's possible our consciousness will be uploaded into the cloud. Oh, if we can make it that far, we'll be fine. Hmm. Well, I mean, if, to me, that sounds like a different version of hell, but yeah. Right. What the fuck are you going to do in the cloud all day for infinity, eternity, eternity, infinity? Eternity. Eternity, infinity. For the rest of time. Eternity, infinity, infinity. For the rest of time, immemorial. So if you want to get into this extreme meditating, there's some other, uh, oh, I called it AP meditation. Like it was an advanced placement. Like your AP French class. Yeah. There's good footage of this monk. He's in a freaking cauldron of hot oil. He's soaking in hot oil and there's a raging fire underneath the pot. Just meditating. That sounds dangerous. That sounds dangerous. (laughs) There's another one of, of the guy in a tiny box, and they've put a bunch of pythons in it with him. That sounds like fear factor. Those are bad. And then there's one where it's just this woman floating in a pool. I'm like, well, that sounds just good. Yeah, that would be all right. <laughs> and then not... you find out it's a pool of child's uh, blood. I don't know. I think people, I mean, some of this intense meditating, like 10 days of silence, and you're encouraged to just like not even sleep for the last three. Sure. Yeah, Sure. I bet that's hard. You know, I interviewed someone just the other day uh, who's an ultra marathoner. It doesn't seem all that different than that. Just the extremes. There's some people that are just drawn to extremes. Drawn to extremes. We're extreme podcasters, Mark. I mean, come on. Are we? (laughs) I don't know if we are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at us now. This doesn't look that extreme. (laughs) Not right now. Uh, Maybe one day. Put us in a pot of hot burning oil with... uh, Le Dernier Samaritan. Mark can podcast from the bowl of oil, and I will podcast floating in a pool. No, 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 no. What? Switch that up. You want to go the other way? I like the pool. I'm, I'm a pool guy. I like pools. Yeah. Oh, but everyone, go watch Last Boy Scout. In fact, if you want to, oh my God, perfect Labor Day double feature, Last Boy Scout, the nice guys. Back to back, change your life. And then, who was it? I brought up the Elephant Man last night to somebody. We were talking about David Lynch, and I was talking about how my dad had an me watch... intense movie. Well, he played the Elephant Man for my brother and I when we were probably my kid's age. Like, I was probably eight, and my brother was six over the summer. He was like, you guys should watch this movie. And so I kind of want... I've told my kids a lot about it. They actually are very interested in seeing it. They've seen Mask, the Rocky Dennis story, oh, and okay. they totally get it. They understood why that movie was beautiful and why that guy was heroic. So I'm like, I'm, they will totally like the Elephant Man. This girl said when she worked at a video store one time, they had a in-store double feature Dumbo followed by the Elephant Man, and it was just a very gloomy afternoon. <laughs> That's not a good mix. No, it's not. <laughs> Don't do that. Instead of doing that, come back for Natch 80. 
and then text the Soundhawk. You gotta get on our newsletter. You don't know what you're missing until you. Yeah, I should market that more. Get on that newsletter. Tax's job with a certain exuberance. Shit. We're being beat up by the inventor of Scrabble. Still in a good mood, Jake. Kick him again. No, 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 no. All right. You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? Attacks his job with a certain exuberance. Shit. We're being beat up by the inventor of Scrabble. Still in a good mood, Jake. Kick him again. No, 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 no. All right. his job with a certain exuberance. Shit. We're being beat up by the inventor of Scrabble. Still in a good mood, Jake. Kick him again. No, 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 no. All right. You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? Play some rap music. You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? Play some rap music. You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? Play some rap music. You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? Play some music.